0: welcome to the made for this podcast this is your host esther vasquez hey guys welcome back to the made for this podcast Uh, this is your host esther vasquez and with me i have two very special amazing friends of mine that are here to share a little bit um, on the topic of confessions of women ministers and Today, I have with uh, with me, I have Jasmine Vieda, which is one of the E-Kids leaders and executive project manager of E2 Church, and her sister, my, my homie, Stephanie Vieda, which is the leader of Guest Experience and the coordinator for Growth Track. Welcome, ladies. Thank How you. How are you guys? Hi. We're doing good. We're doing good. How are you? Well... You know, I'm still still a little bit. All right. So let's start from the very beginning. Okay, tell me where you grew up. How did you guys grow up? Who are your parents? Nationality. Give me all the beats.
1: All right. Um, So we were born in L.A. Uh, Mom and dad are Salvadorian. Um, do, do we want to go back that back? Like mom and dad met in a hike. Okay. (laughs) And They went to pass, you know, to that's, that's where they, they met. They got married. Um, and then they had us. Um, and so we were born in LA, uh, moved to Modesto, which is central Valley, California. Um, when we were about six and seven. Yeah. Um, and kind of pretty much lived there all our lives and then we recently moved to Elk Grove about two and a half years ago
0: yeah I so do... do people ever confuse you as twins all the time I can't lie I think I, I I thought you guys were twins in the beginning
1: I answered to both Jasmine or Stephanie same yeah same. so, so... <laughs> I know what they mean.
2: <laughs> so you're not wrong yeah.
0: <laughs> So, how many years are you guys apart?
2: One year and two weeks.
0: Oh, okay, so that's not bad. That. One year, you guys two could, weeks. you guys could be twins. We could be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's continue on. How did you guys start off in ministry?
2: So, um, let's see where do we start. So, we definitely started by just helping uh, our parents when they were leaders um in in church they have always held um just those those leadership positions at church and so being um a church family of course they always brought us along and that was really where our exposure began to 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 leadership and just being aware um of how ministry is and how leadership is and so that's that's where our humble beginnings were. We're just, you know, going going to church. And um, I think my, my, my dad was a deacon for um, a good many years. And then my mom was also a youth teacher. Um, dad was a worship leader too. And dad was a worship leader. How so that I can't happened? leave that out because he's very proud <laughs> of that actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's really where... Um, that's really where it started was just watching them um, and their commitment and their devotion to whatever role they played at the time at church. Um, That's really where all of the foundation and the groundwork was laid was watching them be the same. And and we can say this wholeheartedly be the same people that they were um, when they were in church serving and leading as they were at home. They genuinely, cared and still care about people um and now even more the people that they lead um so that's 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 definitely where we
0: do you guys history. remember your guys's first positions at church
1: yeah mine <laughs> was a youth leader at the age of like 13 <laughs> 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 because when mom and dad got called into ministry to to pastor um we were both in junior high. I was no more than like 15, 13, 14 maybe, and dad needed someone to step up and take take charge of the youth and, you know, organize the youth nights and stuff. All right? And so he's like, "Steph, do it." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it seems pretty simple." Um, and that's really where where it all started for me.
0: Jebus. And Jaz, do you remember where your first position? With I do. Kids? It was with kids. Of course it was with kids.
1: Um, Kid
2: ministry. The, yeah. Kids ministry for sure. Um, I do have to say, I remember that it was a lot of fun. It was, it wasn't always the easiest, but it was yeah. definitely a lot of fun. The, 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 middle schoolers definitely gave me a run for my money. I do. Remember that.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny because I love that age group because it's such a challenge. It is. Uh, but I felt like if you're just honest with them, yeah, they, exactly. they're, they're pretty much with you yeah like yeah. you just can't be like a liar you can't be fake <laughs> with them because then they'll just be like you can't totally try to you. be
2: cool either because they'll definitely call you out <laughs> right
0: the <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well I met you guys um I met you guys while I don't remember if it was before um being president for our organization that we were both a part of um or if it was during <laughs> like when I think think it was when I was a part of the um, administrative board for the youth group. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's where I met you guys, and I knew you guys were special, like from the moment I met you guys. I think Steph was president. No, no, Raul was president Uh, first. Yeah, and then you were president, Mm -hmm. right? Something like that. that Something, something to that extent. (laughs) But I remember um, you guys being youth leaders at uh for our northern um northern california section i don't even know how to say that in spanish (laughs) i mean english (laughs) uh, tell me a little both of you guys who ended up being presidents for the northern um uh the northern area for our youth or our youth section or youth ministry for our organization there you go (laughs) yeah Uh, and so can you guys tell me a little bit about your guys' experience um transitioning from um working in your local church to now overseeing the youth um for the whole entire like uh bay area Mm -hmm.
1: um for me i could not wait to turn 15 i was like i'm ready 15 years old that's (laughs) out of the gate and I'm running, right? Um, I was just, could not wait to turn 15 because I knew that, like I was just so eager to just jump into ministry. And at that moment, like at that specific season of my life, youth was everything. Um, yeah. Just getting youth on fire for God was so, was my passion, you know, just to see them ignite and just f- be be in the calling and just be in that path that God wanted them to be. Um, and so very young age um, and it was, it was an interesting time and uh, it really da- laid down the foundation of who I am today. Truly. I wouldn't be the person or the leader that I am today if it wasn't for those humble beginnings. <laughs> <For> <laughs> sure.
0: What about you, Jazz? Do you remember um, your, I remember your time a little bit more vividly, um, just because I was I was older, you know. Like I'm, old, I'm getting old, you know. I'm <laughs> starting to like I'm trying to forget things, you know. It, it's but,
2: nearer to your memory. <laughs>
0: yes, it's nearer to my memory.
2: <laughs> you um, tell me a little
0: bit about you know your experience.
2: Yeah, uh, I was not so eager actually. <laughs> I am. Um, I definitely hesitated. Uh, to get that started for myself, um I I just I, I wanted to make sure that I grew up slow and I grew up the way that I wanted it to be. A lot of people call that hard headedness, but I just wanted to make sure that I definitely. I would say it
0: was more like at your own pace.
2: At my own pace. You, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it was definitely at my own pace. um And so when the time did come. I feel like <clears throat> it was it was a lot more um, personal for me just because if I when I finally did make that decision to to go full time into youth ministry, um, it just it came with so much more responsibility that just really opened my eyes to, whoa, like it's not just about me anymore. I have to think about, or I get to think about you know other people and how their relationship with God is going to develop. That's yeah. huge. That's huge. And so I understood that, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that too early. That's way that's way too much responsibility for me. Um, but when I finally did make that decision, it was it's it it was so rewarding. It was so rewarding because the connections that we were able to make and the friendships and like I said, the relationships that we were able to make are literally still right now are still um, there. They're so solid. Um, and I can easily refer back to many instances where certain people in my life helped to shape my perspective of leadership. Yeah, and good. if it wasn't for those people anchoring me right. and pushing me and just encouraging me, I know that I wouldn't have lasted as long as I did
0: for sure. Yeah. That's good. I totally understand that. So, all right. So you guys both um, moved from church, local home, ministry. Then you guys both experience what it is to be the president um, or the leader of the youth. Now you're both working in your local church again. But then God calls you to transition to a new church. God is pulling on your heart to go to E2 Church. Can you guys kind of like explain that that process
1: um it was a scary process not gonna lie I'm um sure. if w- i was being conditioned right to yeah. become not not just the leader but like the end goal was let's give steph a church type of situation okay and so it was scary Um, but at the same time, and one of the things that I want to highlight is that through this whole process, there has always been this constant communication between my sister and I, where we were both on the same page at all times. Um, neither of us like fell off, like, no, like there was always this certainty within our spirit of what god was about to do and as we were walking through it and it really all began when at least for myself and i can speak for both of us in this in the way that we felt that as a plant continues to grow it outgrows its pot Uh and so that's what we both felt Um, I felt, and I knew that there was more, there was, there had to be more than what I was experiencing. There had to be more than what I knew. Um, and so that truly led to, to this, um, feeling of just what else is out there, you know, what else is out there? Like I cannot, and I've always been that type of person from the, from the beginning. Like I, I don't, I'm, I'm not one to just settle it's always like, what, okay, what's next? You know, mm-hmm. what's, what's next? There has to be something mm-hmm. bigger. And so when we both discussed how we were feeling, we're like, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. Um, the Lord began to just make things happen. Yeah. Um, and how we found E2 Church, um, we both, we know of a, we we both know a mutual pastor from modesto and we used to go attend his uh youth ministry like youth nights and yeah. he was preaching out in san jose and he posts on instagram this like clip video clip of pastor our pastor from ET church um like preaching and not just preaching, going in. Like he was <laughs> preaching. Like going in
0: right? at
1: your soul. <laughs> and so, and I've only, because we come from the background, right? Pentecostals, we grew up in that environment all of our lives. And so uh, the way that we've grown like grown up seeing these preachers are very dynamic and they're very like yeah. you know very lively yeah <laughs> and so very animated. yes yes and so when i saw this clip of of our pastor i was like this white boy can preach <laughs> you know <laughs> and immediately i was like this is so rare and so i immediately started following him on social media at that time he was still in um texas texas and i saw the transition when he, when he went when he came to sacramento joined the church and then became the pastor of e2 church and so when the time came that the lord put it on both of our hearts like all right let's start looking for a church that has you know the foundations that we ha- that we know are true yeah um, yeah. And that was something that we both were like, we're not going to compromise on that. We have to go to a church that preaches sound gospel. Yeah, um, they're not weird in the things that they do or anything <laughs> like that. It's not a cult, right? Yeah, <laughs> like we're, right. So we were so careful and we were prayerful about it as well. We went to one church and I, I was like, okay, it's a great church, but I just didn't feel that tug and so like the lord had just like placed that thought in me and just said eat to church eat to church and at that time it was a 45 minute drive yeah and so um i i I screenshot it and i sent it to jazz and i said check this church out and she's like okay i was like you want to go let's go let's go to 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 visit and i remember her saying this particular thing (laughs) She said, "That church better not have all the lights and all the fog because that's not where we're going." <laughs> Lo and behold, that is exactly what we walked into. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, give the opportunity to Jasmine to just explain that first experience that we had with E2 Church because that's truly, I mean, aside from the word that was given the way that they made us feel from the moment we pulled up to that parking lot, they sold, we were sold. Yeah. We were sold. So Jasmine.
2: Yeah. Um. One of the things, just to piggyback off of just that, that transition experience. Um, so I'm going to backtrack just a sec, but um, you know, one of the things that during this transition period of where the Lord, like Stephanie said, the Lord was, preparing our hearts for this change that was about to come. We, we didn't automatically know that, oh, you know, we're going to just go into a new church. That wasn't how this happened at all. We just knew that there was a change coming, mm-hmm. but we yeah. didn't know what, when, where, how. Um, but one of the things that we definitely agreed on was that we started understanding and we started discovering more importantly what our mission was becoming and our mission um was becoming more so of just reaching souls specifically that were far away from god and that really tugged on our hearts Mm -hmm. is to reach people that have never stepped foot inside of a church that had never experienced what being in the presence of God felt like we, we wanted to know how, how does that look? What does that look like? And so we noticed that our mission began to be a little bit more targeted and just began to be, um, just a little bit more specific. And so when we were looking for that church, we needed to know, we needed to know that that church had to have a heart for souls and had to do it in such a dynamic and such a new way. And so when we first visited E2, um, as soon as we entered the parking lot, the experience started there because we didn't just have, you know, the parking people, the parking team, you know, waving us down. It was a true engagement from the start to finish. and I can still recall the very person that walked with us from our car to the inside of the worship experience. And it was such a genuine connection. It was an honest, where are you from? How did you hear about us? Yeah. Why are you here?
1: <laughs> you know, minutes. why did you drive 45 <laughs> minutes? Exactly. I see your license plate. <laughs> <laughs> and so
2: just just that alone had such a huge impact and it really laid the groundwork for our perception of how they treated everybody else because we were just we were just new people and new people are usually you know received with you know a few odd glances like oh that's a new person let's stare at them for a minute and so we were so well received and we were just that experience from out, and keep in mind, I'm not even talking about the worship. I'm not even talking about the preaching. I'm just talking about the people that we encountered outside of the church. Um, and so that really allowed us to see that the mission that the church had wasn't carried just by the pastor. It was carried by everybody mm-hmm. that was a part of that church. Yeah. And so stepping into the worship experience. I, I still remember just watching <laughs> Missy um, and just watching her do her thing and just be amazing. And I was bawling within the first <laughs> like two songs. I, I'm not even gonna exaggerate. Within the first 15 seconds, I was just bawling. Yeah. And what I wanna share is that it felt like such a relief. And I'll explain why. It, it felt like such a release because nobody knew us there. There wasn't this expectation of having to keep track of, you know, everything that's going on in the background as, as leaders, you know, we, we know what it's like to run a youth camp. We know what it's like to run a service. Like you have to be just in the know and just observant of everything that's going on. All of those distractions were gone. And it was just us in that worship experience, truly just leaning into the presence of God And just knowing that we could just do that and not, you know, be needed in 16 different places, that was amazing. Um, And then the preaching happened. (laughs) The preaching happened and it was just so targeted for us and for what we were going through. And of course, we know that that was God just confirming the decision that we were going, that we were making, not necessarily the church, but just confirming the decision of like, hey, you're 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 gonna get pulled into a different direction, so get ready. Um, and so that was that was definitely our experience. Um, and so one of the other things, one of the other reasons why um, we decided to make this transition happen was because, and this is where this is where it's gonna get real. <laughs> okay, come this on, where now. it's gonna get real. Um, so growing up in a pastoral family it adds a lot of different levels of pressure um and so when when you're in a pastoral family and also leading you know like each of you have your own roles and functions and positions in church it's it's an amazing dynamic It, it really is an amazing dynamic but for us it started to become a little bit of you know, where is this, am I talking to my pastor or am I talking to my dad? Am I talking to my dad or am I talking to my pastor? And so we found ourselves constantly having to correct our conversations and having to correct our heart posture, having to correct, you know, our, the clashing of the minds and all of these things. And so we, one of the other things that we talked about while we made this transition was, you know, we, we came to the agreement of anyone can be our pastor, yeah. Anyone can be our pastors and lead us, but we only have these parents. And so that was probably the deciding factor was yeah. that we wanted to make sure that we preserved our relationship with our parents and our relationship as if as just as a whole, as a whole family unit. Um, so that we didn't have to add that 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 strain I don't want to say strain but it, let, let's be is. real ministry can be a strain sometimes yeah <laughs> so we didn't sure. want to add that strain to our family dynamic and just we wanted it to be natural we wanted it to just feel like a family and not
0: yeah like you didn't have to talk about ministry
2: at
1: dinner exactly exactly no. <laughs> we just talked like, about my dad's
0: was <laughs> <Okay>. storm <laughs>
1: And instead, we were having conversations you know of my dad's chickens and you know how many ticks he took off the dogs, like you know like <laughs> you know, or what trouble you know how many bunnies are born or how many chicks he has in his incubator, like you know stuff like that family stuff, really yeah yeah, um, and so like Jasmine said, it just that really was the determining factor um we wanted to um just preserve our family dynamic
0: and it not be affected by ministry. Okay. So you guys grow up in a certain culture, right? You transition, um, there to E2. Was it a culture shock?
2: A big one, (laughs) huge, (laughs) a big one for sure. Um, Apart from the know, language, number ap- one. Yeah, I guess. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was just gonna say that. Like, apart from actual, literally being a culture shock, um, yeah. because you know we come, we're Hispanic, we're Salvadorian, we grow up Pentecostal, and you know, with all 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 of the things that come with that, and so we were used to a different. Uh, we were used to a specific type of church setting. Yeah. Um, and more specifically, Hispanic church setting. And, you know, us Hispanics, we, we, we can get a little rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we like to get rowdy. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and walking into E2 Church, there were right off the bat a few things that we began to notice that were just done differently. And one of the things was definitely the communication and the verbiage that E2 yeah. Church used. And, <clears throat> what I mean by that is that the, the 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 verbiage and the communication was so specifically targeted, and it was so intentional for unsaved souls. It wasn't about how do you know how how do we.
0: There was no Christianese. There was no Christianese.
2: Thank you. <laughs> there was no Christianese, and it was also it was not. Temporary. Yeah, it, it also wasn't, you know, self-serving. It wasn't about like what what we as the church want or what we as, um, what we think. It's about how do we cater to people that have never been inside of church? So we we're out of the question. Our preferences, everything is out of the question. But instead... It's the unsaved souls. How how do we get people in here? How what verbiage do we use? How do we communicate? And so that was so targeted. Um, and so it, it was it was huge. It was a huge difference because there were a lot of phrases in a lot of just we call it now talkback culture. That you know it it just it it didn't it existed but existed in a different language. It existed yeah. in a different time even. Um, and so learning this new verbiage and communication was a huge, um, culture shock just because at first it just felt funny, you know, like it, it just, it just felt weird yeah. saying certain things.
0: So um, did you guys feel like, um, everyone knew how to say things, but like you guys didn't? Yes. Like, I was like, like where, like was, were club or where was
2: this class? And we didn't
1: take it. Where's the dictionary? <laughs> For, you know, and really like what I remember. One of our pastors like g- giving us the example. You know, he said we don't use services; we say worship experience. Because to someone that's never stepped foot in church, and they say you tell them, you know, let me invite you to my church service. Well, someone that's never been to church service, they automatically think that they're going to do something because it's a it's a service, right? Sure, yeah. Right. So it. So he's like. He would tell us like that's that's not that's not what we want. We we want to share with them that they're going to they're going to a worship experience. They're going to experience church worship, right? Yeah. Um. And so that's just like a small you know instance of what that that culture verbiage. shock and verbiage um, that we that we do use um, at our church.
0: All right. You know that that for me that's amazing because going growing up in the same kind of um, I mean I didn't grow up from little but I did in in my walk with God. Um, it, it's true, you know. You expect everyone to understand what you're saying, and the reality is that most people yeah, don't, they when don't. When it's their first time, they're gonna be like, uh, "Service, I'm in all these like different things." <laughs> they're gonna be like, "What are you guys saying?" So I think it's important that we learn how to explain things in a it, in a way that people can really understand. It. That's right. You know, people that don't know Christ, don't know, um, don't know the words. You know, right. or, or the the culture. Like, um, I think it's important for them, you know, to for for them to hear it in such a simple right. and understandable way.
1: Yeah. One of the other things that really just like. Like, whoa, did we just see that, right? Um, As we began to just immerse ourselves into the culture and E2 church, um, we began to see that anyone could serve. Not everyone was a leader, but everyone could serve. Um, And what shocked me that it didn't matter what, What side of the spectrum in your faith journey you were in? If you were, you just had decided to follow Jesus last Sunday or you've been in church for 25 years, you could serve. Yeah. There was no limitation as to, are you Christian enough to serve or do you have to sit? Like you made a decision. You want to follow Christ? Awesome. Let's get you started. There was no hesitation. And yeah. so for me, for us, coming from a church culture where you sat and were observed for a certain amount of time, and then given the privilege to serve, that was like whoa. Yeah. Like let's, and I had to sit down with my leader and be like, whoa, this isn't right. And then You're they are like, ex- I have
0: to sit down for some right, like, <laughs> well, like this, I gotta start. sit down with someone <laughs> because this
1: no, we can't do this right. And again culture shock because of the way that uh we grew up doing things and so we sat down i remember sitting down with our with one of the pastors and really he like sat down and explained the heart as to why anyone anyone was able to serve um and once he explained the heart behind uh, i was like okay i can get with that i see you I see the vision. Yeah. Let's run with it. I see it, you know? Um, and so Tim, for me, that was, uh, that was one of the biggest ones um, just because, you know, we, we were taught like not anyone can serve. Like you yeah. just accepted Jesus Christ. You gotta, you gotta sit down and you, we gotta
0: uh, watch you. We gotta and... watch you. We
1: gotta give you these, um, you know, these rules that you have to read. And then if you agree, well then yeah, come serve here. Yeah. It's like, if you call this your home church, like, we want you to serve. We want you to get involved, but it's all up to you and how much you get, you know, submerged into what what this community can do for you. Um, and so, yeah, so that was a big one for for I think for the both I just of think us.
0: That most people um, misunderstand ministry. They think like you have to be this like perfect person yeah, that absolutely you know you have everything together and you're like the top leader, and yeah. it's altar ministry. But people don't realize that ministry is is everywhere within the church. Yeah, right, Whether Absolutely. you're an assistant, you know, if you're just helping out in the kids' ministry, or if you're in the parking lot, that's a ministry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, um, you could be an evangelist in the parking lot. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so I think people um, have this misconception of, of what ministry is. And so I think that going from where ministry is only altar ministry mm-hmm. and then going into this church where it's like ministry is basically you can serve if you feel, if you feel a tug um, on your heart from God, exactly. then there's an area for you. Yeah. You. yeah. Totally. You know? And so tell me what you guys have learned about ministry that you didn't know before. Like what you've learned now being in this season of your guys' life in ministry What have you
2: guys learned now? Yeah. One of the things is definitely influence. I have always known that leadership comes with influence, but I never understood how it could be used in a way that that would really benefit everyone around you. And so what I mean by that is that understanding the position that you are in. And again, it, we're talking specifically about being in ministry. It, it it it's it's very awesome and you know that you can be all humble about it, but let's be real, it comes with influence. Mm-hmm. It comes with a yep. position of being able to influence other people and we have to be hyper aware of the mm-hmm. influence that we have on others. And so that means the things that we talk about. That means the things that we are interested in. That means the things, you know, that we invest our time and our energy and our focus on. People see that. And the best way for me to have understood how to use influence properly is to just know and understand that Jesus has to maintain number one place in my heart. Whatever I do, has to be a i get to do this and when people see that the position of my heart is i get to serve on sundays i get to serve my pastor i get to serve my church i get to lead people i get to develop someone else's faith journey that's a huge honor and when people see that we understand as leaders that we understand that we're using our influence to spread the good news and that we're using our influence to share about Jesus, that's where the impact happens. That's when life change happens. That's when people come to your church, come to you and say, I want to participate. I want to partner. I want to take part in what you're doing because I see what you're doing in that influences the perspective it influences the longevity of a person it influences so many different areas in people's lives and so i think that come on
0: now (laughs) Dad.
2: my number one you know just nugget of of wisdom um so far has to be know your influence know that you are influential in ministry and don't take that for granted um if it's one thing that we repeat so often um, within our community is that we don't take this for granted right. and influence is one of those things because we have access. We have access to the good news. We have access to Jesus. We have access to everything that comes f- with that. And it's, we we get to share that again, we get to share that and we get to share that through our influence to those around us. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think, one of the one of my favorite things that I get to do <laughs> <laughs> at our church is to serve with excellence. Yeah. Um and I learned how to serve from mom and dad, right? Seeing them as I was a young young person, seeing how devoted they were, sacrifices they had to do investing financially with their own you know, finances and time yeah. and sacrifice. I saw it all. And so I knew and I know the foundation was set on how to serve. But when we walked into ET Church and we began to, you know, take up positions, um, leadership positions, I quickly understood the vision, which was, clear as day so that people far from God be made alive in Christ that was the heart behind the way we serve and the way we serve is with excellence to you know just last Sunday we were setting up in the atrium and someone sprayed uh you know air freshener and as our guests were coming in everyone was like oh my gosh it smells so good in here and and I was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking like to that extent, to that small yeah. detail, um, like it's serving not only our guests, but that's how we, but that's how we're representing Christ uh, yeah. in the way that we, the way we serve and we serve with excellence." And I think the the other thing that I really, one of the things that I really enjoy about our churches how inclusive they are um and that's some that was something new as well um i think that we talked about being inclusive but we didn't know how to be inclusive yeah and coming coming you know to this to this new church they really taught us what it looked like they showed us what it meant to be inclusive um with everyone so that was great
0: so you guys are obviously women.
2: <laughs>
0: Beautiful women. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> um, there's, I, I, how do I put this? Um, there's always kind of been this, I guess, unspoken, like, yeah. is there equality between men and women in ministry? What, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Do you want us to just blurt out the answer? Yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. <laughs> In most cases, um, unfortunately, that's not the case. And um, for me personally, I think that one of the biggest things <clears throat> that I have struggled with And I know that that's, you know, something that we're gonna expand on a little bit later. But one of the things that I've struggled with is just opening up and vulnerability. And I know that that stems from being a woman. I know that that stems from not wanting to come across as emotional, as someone who overreacts, as someone who's being hysterical. And so I have felt the pressure to try to be as concise and try to be as emotionless as possible. Because I, I don't wanna attach all those feminine emotions to my ministry yeah. and my ministry style and my my leadership style. Um, and so I've, I've always wanted to detach that from myself. And so I know that that's because of a certain stigma that is in our churches and more so specifically in our Hispanic churches that, you know, like Stephanie said, we we want to believe that we're inclusive, but at the end of the day, it's very difficult to find um, a support group of leaders and pastors who are supportive of female leaders. Yeah. Uh, and so if... If you ever find yourself in a position where you need to be more encouraged as a female leader and as a female pastor and as a female minister, you know, there's definitely places and communities for you to be able to find that. And I encourage every single one of you to find and plug into a community that encourages you to continue striving forward because there's such a unique message that we get to deliver um, coming from just being a female leader in general, uh, and so the answer to that question is, unfortunately, yes. There's there's definitely a huge gap um, in equality. We're closing it, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> but, sure. but there's it's getting better.
0: It's, it's getting, better. Getting, it def- getting better. It definitely, you yeah.
2: know, what? it definitely is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like it, it, obviously, you know, um, especially us being in the United States, women weren't allowed to do. Anything at one point, yeah. Um, just globally, like you know, we couldn't be in the workforce and any, yeah. anything like that. Um, so we're strides, strides, <laughs> yeah, baby, you know, like better now. But I, I agree with you, you know, like there are definitely houses of worship, places, churches, communities where they're gonna embrace. Um, and obviously this channel <laughs> this podcast on, supports, uh, supports women women ministry yeah. yeah, I don't know did you have anything else to add Steph I mean
1: I've always been the type of person and forgive me <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do yeah <laughs> polar opposites over here <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, your rule book said this. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyways. You know, like that was just that was just me, and yeah. so for you to tell me that I I couldn't do something was just you lighting my fire, yeah. <laughs> and and just me saying watch me do it. You know, yeah. um, and so I think for me it was just more of um, it was more and and this is pride. <laughs> This is a total, <laughs> the Lord is still working. total mess. pride because like I wanted to, sh- like, I wanted to be like, yeah, I can do the job and I can do it better than you. Oh, yeah. that was my intent. Wow. The Lord has checked my heart. <laughs> um, And, and the, really the Lord has shown me like, that's not, what's your heart posture <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah. That's what the Lord has spoken to me about. And we fixed that because I w- it wasn't coming from a good place. Like I wanted yeah. to up one, right? I like I wanted to just show you, like you, you think I can? Let me show you. I'm gonna do it better than you. I'm gonna shut you, you know, down and whatever and whatever. <laughs> and uh, that's just me. That's just that's just Stephanie, right? Um, and so I let them talk. I let them say, oh, you know, I I would be the one that would be butting heads and and just talking back and saying, no, I'm not gonna take no for an answer. or I'm not gonna. I'm not going to agree to that. Um, And so with what Jasmine said, but at the same time, like, I think that being a young woman in ministry, younger, um, and being part of the organization that we were part of, it was such a great thing to be able to find my voice. Yeah. Which is scary to do. But. When you have the support system, when you have other women that are encouraging you and pouring into you, I can, you were one of them, um, you know, different leaders that we both knew that poured poured into us and just kind of, like, told you, like, you can do this. Like, you know, you can totally do this. Find your voice. They're going to hear you. (laughs) And so... Adding to what Jasmine said, like, yeah, you, you, that side of ministry, it sucks. But at the same time, like, I encourage young women to know that they have a voice. Yeah. You have, cool. you have something to say. Um, and if God has called you, there's, there's li- literally no one that can stop God's calling over your life. And you just gotta, you just gotta, just gotta do that. Just run with it. Run with that authority and run with that um encouragement that god has called you into the ministry that's good
0: that was so good for for me i guess it was hard because i grew up with everyone telling me it doesn't matter what you are female male you can accomplish anything Mm -hmm. yeah and then i go get into a leadership role and then that was challenged because i was a girl You know? And so that that was like kind of like a whoa, like, um, I didn't think I was like I was like I didn't think in this time this That still existed. Still happened. (laughs) So for me it was like, whoa, like um and so I'm thankful because in that time God gave me the platform Mm -hmm. that leadership position I had became a platform Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me to tell other young women. Yeah hey, you could do this. You know, if God called me and I'm in this position, God can call you too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know? And so, like, even though it was a difficult um, time for me, it was also really a time of growth. Right. And like how you said, I had to learn how to deal with my pride. Um, <clears throat> and I'm thankful for that season in my life because mm-hmm. if I hadn't gone through it, I wouldn't have known right. that that was in my heart. Right you know, and so sometimes we have to, you know, be put in positions where it's difficult, Yeah, which leads me to my next question, which is, what has been your guys' biggest struggle in ministry?
1: Um, For me, it has been comparison. Mm. Comparison and insecurities. Um, Comparison in the aspect of my communication skills. They're not the best. You know, uh, I come from a background where I was given the platform to communicate but wasn't given the tools or taught the skills on how to do so. And so, as I grew as a leader, by the grace and mercy of God, (laughs) Like I was able to do my speaking engagements well, not the best, but well. Yeah. Um And I tell my, I tell Jasmine, you know, like if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, <laughs> God knows what I would have said. Woo! Because you know, and so I, I want to sharpen those skills that that skill set. I know that it's in me. I've been called to com- to communicate. The gospel, um, and so I want to do that. Excellent, um, and so that we're, that 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 I'm self conscious about that, and so I I tend to compare myself a lot, and I should be at that type of experience, but I'm not, and so I you just have this negative talk, or I have this negative talk with myself, um, and so the Lord has given me the opportunity to lead, you know, this, this, uh, growth track program at church. And one of, one of the, you know, things that I get to do is to speak in front of, you know, these students and really the Lord, like, Oh my gosh, you know, but this is what I asked. And this is what God has given me, uh, to steward. And, um, so the and that leads to the second thing, which is insecurities. And that's always just been from, I've, I've never been this Thin person, um, always, you know, on the heavier side. Like it was, that's always been me, you know, just (laughs) big boned, right? Um, And so that has always been my body image has been an insecurity. When I was younger, it was worse. Um, But I began to pray over myself. And just tell God, God, give me your eyes so that I can see myself how you see me. God, show just teach me how to love myself how you love me because I I don't have that for myself right now. And so it's still a struggle, you know. But with God's help, is not it's not where it was. Um, you know, we ha- all have our bad days um, where we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. But um, if you can have the opportunity to change it, change it, right? Um, and so I think for me, those are the two things. Um, and that, that's hindered um, in ministry because, you know, it's just, I, I'm uh, growing up, <laughs> growing up. And you and I know because we, we've made a joke about this, right? the Pentecostal Barbie, like that's, yeah. that's, that's just not who I am. Yeah. And, and explanations to follow. <laughs> and that's, that's not who I am. That's not who we are. And so go growing in a community where that is what is the norm that I think that that's what, like, I'm still stuck on that. Like, no, you're, you're a different person. that, But, um, I think those are the two main things for me. Um, well, just... yeah,
0: definitely because you're obviously going to think about your outward appearance when you're in front of a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah. You know, because unfortunately people are going to judge you based off of what they see. Yeah. But I've learned over time that most people are just so worried about themselves, they don't really care about <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> That's <is> 100% true. <laughs> Everyone's out living their best life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Jazz, what has been your biggest struggle? ministry
2: so i have struggled with my capacity to actually do things and that's kind of twofold because it it's number one finding the confidence of believing that i have the capability to do things um i always think that you know what i'm It doesn't matter if I do it. It doesn't matter if someone else does it. Like it's the same thing. And so for me, it's been about learning um, to push myself and learning to not give up so easily. And so what I mean by that is I feel like before I have constantly tried to lead from areas that aren't my strong suit. And so standing standing next to my sister in in most situations i mean she's just like this powerhouse preacher powerhouse you know prayer 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 pray person (laughs) prayerful person prayerful person um where you know like once she gets going like it's just like bringing the house down and I'm the complete opposite. I feel like, and so you're a quiet powerhouse. I'm, <laughs> i a silent. Powerhouse. This is the one that you yes.
1: have to really look out for because it's the silent ones that are like yeah. interceding with God and, like, they can. Yeah. You, you to are see.
0: a ministry ninja. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I've heard it, that term be quiet, from, but from John you-
2: before. <laughs> <laughs> and so it you know it kind of goes coupled with a little bit of comparison um but I always just loved watching my sister do what she does and like as as soon as she and I, I was telling her this just the other day like you know when I when I watch her either speak or just pray but when she just starts going like it's 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 I have to stop and open my eyes and see other people's reactions just because it's my most favorite thing to do because people don't really get the opportunity to see, you know, what she's capable of doing um yeah. in, in those settings. And so I I've always struggled with like, well in I turn around and I think, what am I capable of doing?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Why don't my abilities match hers? So it's definitely some comparison going on but it was mostly just trying to figure out I'm, I'm i'm a young girl who loves jesus and i see all of these different powerhouses around me w- what's my niche what's my place and so i i constantly tried to just lead from areas that again just weren't my strong suit until finally um i was able to find what my strong suit was um and that's administration. Like, I just love to do that. And I know that Esther, you and I can definitely connect on that. Um, yeah,
0: but just being, my heart. It's it, it like is, it on a is. And yeah. I just get excited. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's, let's share our calendar later.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's show each other our calendars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, just, I, I figured out that serving was really my strength. It didn't matter where, um, it just mattered that if anybody needed help, I was there. And over the years, and especially recently, I've, I've, I've been able to fine tune those skills, um, to the, to now a level where I can now assist another person. It's not just me getting by in, you know, whatever project or whatever thing that I'm doing, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm able to now help another person. Like, Hey, if, if another leader or a pastor says like, Hey, I need help with this, or can you help me with that? I can walk into that situation confidently and know, um, that like, I, can I handle, got handle Yeah. Like I got this. And if not, I can figure it out. You have faith in me. Um, and so funny enough, um, my word for this year was capacity. And I I when when I first landed on that word for myself I remember just thinking to myself I don't want to know what this means <laughs> <laughs> Jesus like I just skip right through it because I don't want to know what this means uh, but I definitely knew that this meant more weight yeah. and it's, it's we're barely four months in and I have I, I have been placed in positions now where it's like I I, I can either see this through or I can do what I always do, which is to tap out because I I know myself and I've known my patterns. And that's one of the things that I do as, as a leader, because I, it's, it's kind of like, how do I balance it all? You know, how do I balance church life, work life, personal life, family life? How do I balance all of those things? One of those things has to go. And so I always end up tapping out too early and not, realizing that potential and that capacity that i know is there Mm -hmm. i just always always give up too easily and so god knew what he was doing because it's four months in and (laughs) i have been wanting to tap out and like the the second (laughs) week stop
0: right now god um
2: but you know again community is so important Finding, you know, for us girls, like finding your girls that can just encourage you and can can just cheer you on. Even if you just failed at something, they'll yeah. still tell like, like, you, you, you got <laughs> you it. You did it flawless. <laughs> you did it so good,
0: but the <laughs> next time, you do better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's finding that amazing support system to be able to, lead from that strength. Um, and so for me, it's, it's one of the things that I've struggled with, like I said, has, has been just realizing my potential. Um, I, I, I've, I've known that it's there. I, I've known that it's there, but I've, I've never given myself the opportunity to actually realize it. Um, and so now with a lot of different factors and a lot of help, um, I know that I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm pushing past those boundaries to really understand and not let this become an obstacle for myself.
0: Yeah, I think that you're speaking to a lot of people's hearts because I think a lot of people don't really. They can't really see their potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all. I guess we have like the whole like Moses syndrome, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, where it's like God, but. You know, I'm this and I'm that, and I can't speak, and I, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and we just see all of our negative things. Yeah. And then God sees how much more we can become right. if we just trust Him. Yeah, exactly. You know, because Absolutely. the strength doesn't come from us, but it comes from Him. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and so I think when we think it's, oh, it's, cause it's coming out of our own strength then it's like, oh, oh heck no, I can never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but when it for. comes from God's strength, you know, then we can definitely do anything My through Christ, yeah. you know? Absolutely,
2: yeah. And we I, I think that... We can definitely
0: accomplish anything.
2: We really can, because if, you know, just going back to the whole support system, the areas where we lack, I mean, we we can see those things a mile away. But the areas where we're strong in, we just don't believe that in ourselves. And so finding someone, at least just a mentor or someone who has the ability to see that inside mm-hmm. of you.
1: Yeah.
2: Is is just groundbreaking. Yeah. Like I, I specifically remember years ago there was a situation where um, I, I, I believe I was the president. I can't remember. It's all kind of skewed together. I don't remember. I Look, but can I, I, was I just remember
0: a... <laughs> my past. <laughs>
2: it's just a blur now. It's a blur now. <laughs> but there was a situation specifically where there was kind of just a, 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 a situation that was unraveling. And I, I was told, you know, someone said to me, I, 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 you don't need to worry about this. I can take care of it. And then proceeded to take that situation from me. And at the moment, I was like, okay, I I couldn't handle it. Like, you know what, it's probably in better hands anyway, is how I took it. Because, you know, we we have to see things on the good side. And so I was like, you know what, it was probably a good thing that someone else dealt with it. Um, And somewhere along the lines, like, obviously, that situation has stayed with me. Because now I look back and say, wait, that person didn't believe that I was capable of handling that situation.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they didn't encourage me. They didn't
2: encourage me. And so finding someone and finding a group of people, a community that can say, hey, you can do this. That's vital. Yeah, that's vital. You know, like now, specifically in the role where I am in now, like I was just telling my sister, like my pastor will say like, hey, um, can you just knock this out for me real quick? And I mean, it doesn't matter if I know how to do it or not, he lets me and he allows me to figure it out on my own. I know that he's there, he's made himself available. And so I know that the resources are there for me to be able to do it, but I'm being stretched and I'm growing because I'm now able to handle these things on my own and push that capacity and reach that potential on my own. And so it's important, community and having certain mentors in your life to be able to push, help push you past those uh, boundaries is super important. Totally.
0: So what advice would you give, um, you guys give a young woman or a woman that's either starting off in ministry, in the middle of ministry, trying to figure out what their ministry is, what advice can you give, give to them?
1: Um, And I'm going to be straight up blunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
0: okay. We like it like that here.
1: <laughs> That's how we do that. One of the this. things, one of the things that my sister and I, like, didn't really know had, we had made a pact, but it was kind of like an un, unspoken, unspoken pact. Unspoken pact. We, we knew from the beginning, like, starting ministry at such a young age, knowing that God had called us for a time such like this. There was, there has, or the, and there is a specific type of calling upon our lives. We've always chosen ministry over everything. Okay. And when I mean everything, I mean everything. And so, I know that the Lord works in seasons. I know that the Lord he works in seasons right and so in these past seasons (laughs) we have been so intentional about serving god and developing what he's placed in our hands that we've said no to relationships because we have that's just who we are again this is just preference and this is us I've always thought of a relationship when I'm so like focused to be a hindrance because now my attention is being divided and I know that the time I'm not opposed to it or anything like that I know that the Lord will bring us into that season when the time is right that's perfectly fine but I've all but I have learned to see the distraction a mile away yes come on You know what I'm saying? And so I've always known my mission and I have not allowed distraction or eye candy to distract me from what God has for me and what I need to do and my mission. Um, And I think that that has helped us. And again, having that community, like my sister and I have each other and that is such a rare thing to have. And I'm so grateful that I have my sister because we both keep each other accountable. Like when I see her going sideways, I'll be like, "Hey, get yourself on check, girl!" Like, Your you know. You're about to pop
0: out. You better come, come back,
1: come back. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and so when, when think when relationships have happened or they they come up, we've talked about it. Like, and we've had conversations. Like. Okay, Jazz, what do you want? Do you want to focus on ministry and what God has for you and see, finish this through? Or do you want that that part right now? And it's always been, like, ministry. Yeah. Ministry. Yeah. Has that been a healthy thing? I don't know. <laughs> really? <laughs> But that's, I don't know Esther speak on that a little bit. <laughs> but that's what that's what I have an opinion about that. Okay. <laughs> but that's just, you know, that's been that's been us. And so, if you're starting, give yourself time. Don't rush into things. Mm-hmm. Do experience, volunteer, get into different areas, see where you fit, know your strengths, know your weaknesses and find a group of people find a mentor that can sharpen you that can guide you and that can develop you and if you find yourself in a in you know in in ministry where you're in the middle keep going yeah keep going keep going remind, your, remind yourself of what god has spoken over your life and just keep going after that because when the time is right the Lord will give what he needs to give He will add on when he needs to Really that's how it's always happened um, and so that's one of my main things second, man just be be true to yourself yeah don't do it to please anyone don't do it yeah don't do it for to please anyone just do it for yourself show up for yourself. That's something that's helped me. In these in this season, like, I'm showing up for myself. Yeah, I know my value, and I know I know what I bring to the table, um, yeah. and walk with that confidence. Um, that confidence comes from knowing who you are, and that comes from knowing who God is in your life and who He represents in your life. Uh, so if I know who God is. Because I believe what he's telling me that I'm gonna I'm, go, I'm going to reflect that as I interact with everyone else in society.
0: No I, I totally agree. I think that so many of us women are so distracted with yeah. so many things yeah, yeah. not just really well I mean sometimes it's friendships yeah like wrong friendships, wrong community, wrong church. Or being in the right church, but dating the wrong guy or, yeah, you know. Talk about I think that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the devil knows, you know. <laughs> the he devil does. knows. You know, he knows I he can't no be he <laughs> <laughs> Um, But it's true, you know. Um, I am a, you know, like I can testify that when you focus on God, what God brings is not. Um, getting married to my husband has not been a distraction. Right, if anything, on. it has been more of a catapult. Come on, you know, that's good. because now you have someone that's pushing you. Yeah. That lives with you, that yeah. sees you if you're praying yep. or not. You know? Come on. Like, <laughs> like and is there as a support, mm-hmm. you know? Not as a like put you down or like, yeah. no, like, hey, I know you could do better. I know there's more in you. Let me pull it out of you. Right. You know, let's pray together. That's let's right. do this together, you know? So if anything, um, a relationship will come when it when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, God had to literally tell me, hey, your husband's coming, like, within a year. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> I was so focused. For me, I thought I was going to be one of those people that were never going to get married. I thought mm-hmm. I was going to be like Paul. You know? like <laughs> I thought I was going to be like Paul. And I mean Paul in the Bible, not like this random Paul that I know. Like, <laughs> like I thought I was going to be like Paul. You know? And just... <laughs> like for me, like I had came to the Lord's later on in life. So for me, I felt like I had missed out on a lot of years. Yeah. So I didn't think, you know, um, 10 years later, God was going to bring someone. Yeah. And then a month after that, start pastorship. So
2: (laughs) that's insane.
0: You know? So what advice could you give?
2: I, well, to piggyback off of, you know, this, this subject, um, just because I feel like it's, it's a big subject, but for us, women is an even more sensitive subject because a lot of us, and this is something that I, I heard very early on because I was just like, I'm going to say the Christian thing and say that I'm not focusing on relationships and just focusing on God, you know, but that's just like this, the, the, (laughs) the well, cliche christian thing and you I know, was like
0: i that okay cute, that cute guy catches our eye when he lifts up his, <laughs> his hand and says Jesus and little tears come out you know?
2: <laughs> so i was very much that person that was that would just say these things because it was you know the christian girl thing to say and i was in yeah. leadership and you know there was just a lot of responsibilities and a lot of things on my plate and so of course like I I I didn't want to get distracted and so when Steph and I talked about this um which another thing that I am going to recommend to young ladies is find yourself like a best friend. My sister is my best friend and we talk about everything and it's amazing. Um so I when we
0: stuff. When, <laughs> it's a,
2: it's a peace sign. That's right. <laughs> so when Steph and I would have these conversations, you know, I I I remember thinking like Jesus deserves all of my heart. And as soon as I decide to bring someone else into my life and allow someone else access to my heart, it's it's such a it's such a different position to be in and it's such a, a different dynamic. it's such a thank you it's such a different dynamic and even though i definitely longed and wanted that there came a, per, a point in my life um after a certain amount of years where i was just like all right like these certain little startup relationships aren't working out like is it me is it them is it just does jesus just not want me to be in a relationship and i remember hearing you know If we, we are people who are are designed to be in companionship and loneliness is not part of who we are. That's not, that's just not in our DNA. And so when I finally began to understand that, it kind of soothed my heart a little bit and it let me, it let me think like, you know what? The Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows that eventually I want to get married and, you know, have a family. So just hand it over to him. And he will take care of the timing, he'll take care of the place, he'll take care of everything. And trust me that has placed so much peace in my heart because I can serve and I can lead and I can do all of these different things with confidence, knowing that when he knows that the time is right or when he places the right person at the the right place, I'll know. I'll know and I'll make that decision and, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll enter that new chapter in my life, but it, it's, it kind of, it kind of has to come as like a PSA though, because it's like, you, you, you can't just make it happen. And so that's where the distraction comes from. And so just finding a place in your heart where you can have peace about it um, and just give it to God and just know and understand that like when, when that time comes, you can, You can pursue the right, you know, the right relationship just like with you and John. I think that that's a perfect example of what that looks like. Um, But that's on that subject. But something that I would definitely recommend or just advice that I would give um, to young ladies is just don't, don't be afraid to build your own path. I think that Steph and I had such an amazing experience when we were first in in, in, in leadership. Um, and that was that we really got to be a part of shaping what youth ministry, and I mean, that was just a, a very short time um, that we were given that opportunity, but we, re- we really got to shape a lot of what that was going to look like. And we got invited to a lot of different opportunities that allowed us to really lay down a lot of the groundwork for what was to come for you know youth ministry and and that moment was so special that I still carry that in my heart and so for us to do that as young adults and then to do that as young women was was an incredible experience so don't be afraid to be a trailblazer, don't be afraid to yeah. lead your own path and to mark your own way, uh, because that's that's where you use that influence and you use that setting your preferences aside and knowing your goal of where of where God is calling you to be, knowing that end goal, um, and so allowing yourself the flexibility to be able to shape what your leadership style looks like. It's not going to look the same, you know, and I I know that for sure, that's definitely something that Stephanie and I um, have talked about extensively just because her leadership style and my leadership style are completely opposite. Um, But yet we come together and, you know, we can do things like this and it's fun and it's um, it's just great opportunity. And we can all, as young women, be able to do that. We just need to give ourselves the flexibility and the capa- and know that we have the capability to do that. Um, and so what that looks like inside of your you know, home church, your community, your environment, whatever that looks like for you, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to be um, an initiator, to just be an innovator and to get the ball rolling on things. Because if you don't step up and do things, then no one else will. And if the Lord is putting things in your heart to start, you know, a, a, a small group or to start a certain type of ministry or to start a project or whatever, do that. Do that. You have the capability and you have the resources to be able to do that. Be a trailblazer and be unapologetic about it as well. Um, because you, you, you can do that. You're... We're, we're strong. We're strong
1: ladies. We can if do that. God is in it. I'm in it. There you go.
0: That's, that's it. <laughs> if I God stopped. is mic in dropped. it, mic drop. If God <laughs> <isn't>, <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in it. We got to make a shirt. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> All right, ladies. So tell me um, where people can get in touch with you. Um, if there's a lady out there that wants to like, you know, reach out to you guys, get advice, or maybe they're in the area and would like to visit church, you know, absolutely. and they don't have their own home church. Why don't you guys tell me your personal social medias where people can reach you? And then also your guys' church information, um, so that either people could follow online or, you know, like get a little bit of encouragement on YouTube or Facebook or anything like that. So...
1: Um Stephanie me <laughs> <laughs> me Stephanie <laughs> I am Stephanie anyways you can find me on Instagram uh stephanievieda is my um Instagram handle you can find me on Facebook as well Stephanie Vieda. um I think that's all I have yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and you can DM me, instant message me, whatever those things are called. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Jazz? Uh, uh, my Instagram
2: handle is just jasmine and then three underscores, V-V-E-E. Uh, and then my Facebook is just my name, Jasmine Vieva. And our church info, you can find us and follow us. Um On Instagram, E2Church, and then we're on Facebook as well. And we have a website, E2Church.com, where you can just find a lot of awesome opportunities
1: um, to just get plugged into our church and just watch online. Yeah, you can totally get plugged into our community um, through online. Um, We have uh, our online campus, and then we have our home groups that meet via Zoom during the week. Um, All that information is on our website. Yeah. Um, Even if it's just to be like a second home church. Right. We definitely love to have you. Pastor Bring be bringing some word. Yes, he does. <laughs> so
0: thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. I am sure that everyone was blessed by our conversation. Thank you. So I love you guys, and I'm definitely going to have to have you back on.
1: Awesome. <laughs> back
0: to us. Thank you so much all for right. having us. Bye. You guys have a good night. Thanks. Bye. I feel so honored and blessed to have had my two very good friends, Stephanie and Jasmine on the podcast today, because I think it's super important to know what it is to serve God and be a young woman serving in ministry. I hope that this episode blessed your life just as much as it blessed mine. I had so much fun doing it. Now, if you guys um, listen to these podcasts, please rate, rate, rate the podcast, share the podcast, subscribe um because there's so much good content coming your way. So, I love you guys until the next one. Bye. <laughs>